I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Is it art if there's no soul behind it and no emotion behind it, you know? AI can only introduce ideas that already exist. It can't introduce new ideas, new concepts. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 94. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about the future of content creation with the emergence of AI, which is, it's going to be a really great conversation. Um, excited for all you guys to hear about it. Um, but before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? I just got water. Just going to hydrate today. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as everybody can hear from my voice, I, I've gotten the dreaded cold. <coughs> not to emphasize the cold. <laughs> That was not that was not planned. Um, Ariel started preschool a little bit ago, and um, I was so proud. She was sick. Alex was sick. I was not getting the cold, and finally came down with it. So I'm on tea today to hope tea. And it's ine- it's inevitable when someone in your household has it in the like in the colder months. Uh, then it's inevitable. Eventually, you're all gonna get it, and it's like a petri dish. And mm-hmm. Seriously, they're mm-hmm. disgusting little kids. No, I'm just. <laughs> I love my child. Uh, All right. Well, now that we have that important business out of the way, let's dive into our really amazing discussion with Dave Snyder. Dave Snyder is the CEO of CopyPress. His background in SEO, social media, and content marketing led him to look for a better way to scale and create content. That search led to the formation of CopyPress. Dave has been the CEO for CopyPress for over 10 years now and has helped organizations like Stitch Fix, Fanatics, and LinkedIn improve their content creation. Today, we have him on the show to talk to us about how artificial intelligence or AI will impact the future of content creation. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you on. So this is Cocktails and Content Creation. So first off, we always ask our guests, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking water. Because uh, I was too good at drinking alcohol, so I quit 13 years ago. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> good for <Thank> you. you. <laughs> so, I retired, so to speak. Uh, that You know what? That is amazing. Uh, hats off to you, man. That's great. Well, then that's we probably shouldn't ask that first question. Sorry about that. But water is perfectly fine. I'm drinking tea. So. Hydration is nothing is, is yeah. not a bad thing. Not yeah. a bad right. thing at all. So, all right. Well, now that we've covered that, a brief intro about your journey and a little bit more detailed than what Jesse just gave us and what it is that you do. Yeah, well, my journey is interesting because uh, it started off getting a creative writing degree from FSU, which um, no one told me ahead of time was a worthless thing to have and was probably not a good idea to get a degree in. You know, not to say that being a poet isn't a grand like, you know like goal to have, but just not the best way to monetize a college education. Um, became a teacher after college um, and then uh, realized that you can't sustain a life on a teacher's salary. So I faked my way into an agency job, right? Uh, and got really good at SEO. And so I think what helped me with knowing SEO and kind of going down the marketing lane was my background in writing and kind of creativity and being creative um, gave me a leg up. Um, you know, I own a couple of SEO agencies and then 
I saw a need in the market for non-commoditized content. So like content where writers and creatives were making good pay and people were getting good quality, right? So this was like around 2010, 2011, when there wasn't a premium on this concept, right? You could buy articles for a penny a word and, um, you know, it's just like, just people didn't understand the concept of paying a premium for people. And so that's been the journey copy press has been on for the last 13 years is how do we get people to understand the quality uh, and the value of paying more? And, and somewhere around 2015, the whole market kind of changed where people became accepting of that fact, right? That um, high quality content or people that have expertise have a value inherently. And so they're willing to pay for that. Um, and then what we also became really good at is just scaling that really large. So like our biggest client is in the HR space. And we produ we've produced like 2000 articles a month for them. Um, with a very right at scale, it's hard because of the tone and voice getting very similar. And so like, um, we we're very, very good at that kind of niche, um, right. Of like being able to keep quality at a certain level, but also keep scale at a certain level. It's very boring what I do every day, but <laughs> right. Uh, also, uh, it was an interesting puzzle to unlock. As a, somebody who was an English major for a year, first acting major, I'm, I'm, with you on that and then ended up in journalism and not yeah, really my, doing much with that right now. My my oldest son is a musician. Um, and I told him I want him to chase his dream. Do it. Yeah. Become yeah. a musician major in computer science, <laughs> minor in mu music. And I was like, dude, I will pay for you to go gig and do whatever you, I will support you, but do not get a diploma in <laughs> music. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think he's, uh, listening to what I'm saying. We'll, well tell, tell him that, uh, my mom told me to major in business and I didn't, and now I run my own business and I really wish I had. Well, I think that's part so. of the problem too, is like, he's watched me and heard my story and he's like, Ugh. well, no, I mean, I can just do whatever. I'm Learn like, yeah. from my mistakes. Yeah, like, Not no. from what I did. My yeah, goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, kids. Well, all right. Now. You, you know, we're, we're talking a bit about AI here, and I think a lot of people are a little bit confused about what AI actually is and how it can be involved in content creation. Let's let's kind of start with a breaking it down, like a high level definition of artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, um, you know, a so th there's two different things. There's machine learning and then there's AI. Right. So machine learning is you use different computer models um, and train data to come to a conclusion on something, right? So like a great example is um, early on Netflix's recommendation engine, right? So like you like these movies and because you like these movies and watch them, they will deliver other movies that are similar to you. Um, that's a concept called logistical regression. Like what data points are similar? Oh, he likes dramas that are like 90 minutes long with this actor, right? Um, AI is when you start running those models on top of each other um and it begins to kind of start learning on its own right um what we're seeing today is from a content perspective there's two types of ai um well open ai has both of them so you have like this uh gpt3 modeling which is where we're getting kind of like uh fake writer ai right i don't know what else to call it but it's written content ai um, and then you also have Dolly and some of these other ones, which are image-based AI, right? So you can actually create your own images from prompts. Um, both of them are problematic, I think, 
for content creators. Uh, there was an article that came out this weekend where they interviewed some artists because what's happening with the the image-based AI is people are actually writing like, I want to see a woman in a hat with this artist's style. So put in for this artist, put it like Basquiat style, right? And so there's a an inherent ethical question of should we be able to steal an artist's style to build our own images? You know what I mean? A, a, like, um, you know, similarly, like being able to write a piece of content and be like, but I want it written in Stephen King's voice. Right. And then using that to actually do it. So like, there's that ethical question. Um, uh, and what's also interesting to me is kind of that it still all sucks pretty bad, but people think, and this is the baseline I hear from a lot of people selling it as a possibility is um, you can't tell the difference between it and a human. Like that's the base conceptual baseline, not is it good, but is it almost human like um, I, I, I'm I'm concerned about it because I see us moving back to those 2010, 2011 days. We had that then with the penny a word kind of writers, right, yeah. uh, where it was just content with no context. Um, and that's where AI is taking us again is kind of like like the art thing, like. Is it art if there's no soul behind it and no emotion behind it, you know? That's a really valid question right there. As yeah. a as a content writer, I write blog posts for other that's part of my business part um writing for other businesses, you know, my services are more expensive than, you know, that as you say that penny per word or whatever writer but it's because i'm a person right. behind this and i've got costs and business costs and everything whereas you're you're if you're competing against a a machine uh i know and that artificial artificial intelligence and, and they're actually able to sound like a person that's 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 scary right and i think so i went through these phases so when ai started becoming a thing i went through and thought all right copy presses business models toast right like people are just gonna go and start doing computer <laughs> generated content um yeah. and then once it started coming out i started seeing again we have a divergence here in what the market seems to want in terms of very human expert driven content so i think that's the other key with like you writing for your customers you bring a life expertise or some kind of interaction with things that you're writing normally so i look at it uh like programs we've run for the hr like we bring in subject matter experts on HR. A machine can't be a subject matter expert on HR. AI can only introduce ideas that already exist. It can't introduce new ideas, new concepts. So essentially, if all content became AI tomorrow, it would just become like this like infinite loop of like the same concepts because mm -hmm. it can't bring anything new into play. Um, I've actually tried a free trial from one of these companies that have popped up that are offering, you know, artificially and, you know, generated content. And, you know, it said, oh, put in some of like, you had to like type in a couple of like the topics or the overall goal or however it went. I will tell you it went horribly. Yeah. Whatever that it spit out, like made no sense. I was like, this is a waste a complete waste of money. I mean, I it was a free trial, so I thank God I didn't pay for it. But if people were actually paying for that, I I would say it, it the technology isn't there. And I think 
where it's lacking is that human connection. And I just don't know if it's ever going to be able to get there. It, It was, it was pretty bad. Now I do actually use artificial intelligence for photo editing, which has been a new Cause I'm a photographer yep. mm-hmm. and so there's a new software out and it is amazing, but it's taking all of the, my past photos and learning from my art. So it's very, yeah. it, and you can actually use other, they call it talents, other talents um, out there. Like if you're like, Oh, I really like that style. And like, you, they can use that. That's fine. And that has been a lifesaver. But when it comes to anything, any written content, I just don't know. I don't yeah, know how I, we can get there. I think so. Uh, let's talk about the one point you had with that software. So I think AI is uh, is not the full answer that people think it is for content creation. What it is is a tool, right? It's like having a hammer. So the example you just had is great, right? Like you're a photographer and AI is assisting you in your job. I think the AI content tools actually where, where we're going to see the viability of them long-term is the assistance they will bring to writers, right? So Kate, uh, they're like, there was a product launch this weekend. It's like a word processor that's connected to AI. So you can basically start putting your ideas in and it will start auto creating content for you. So essentially the ability to create a really fast brief without having to do research, imagine, right? That you then go and make your own, like, and you put your voice and context into you. It's now saving you hours on your work and limiting yeah. your your individual time cost to maximize your profit. I think AI has very strong capabilities there long term. Okay. Um, I also think there's there's certain things that humans just don't want to write. So I got my start online when I was a teacher writing for Penny a Word um, fantasy sports updates. So like when you're in the middle of football season, there's like thousands of those things a day. That's another AI generated thing I think has a viability or like stock quotes or things like this, right? Um, but going back to Jesse's point, AI is only as good as the training data that it's layered on and the prompts. So like when you're using an AI tool, you've got to be able to build a training set. Hey, here's how the article should look. Here's the subheading styles that should come into play. Here's my overall tone and voice to work off of. So there's still just a ton of work in the beginning part of the process to get really good outputs that need to happen, right? So there's going to need to be, I think it's what people don't think about. Then there needs to be somebody to QA and edit, just like everything else in the world, um, like on the back end. So I think people think AI is like, oh, no human cost. And that's not accurate. Um, and I, I do think AI has, and so again, my journey where I started off, oh, I'm super scared of AI and what it means for copy press to now, I think it could be an integral part of our business model from a workflow process to be able to empower our writers to do more with their time. And I think that's where AI will have viability. I do think in the meantime, you'll find people that are exploiting it just like people exploit everything for gain. And then there is, there are the ongoing ethical questions that come into play with this. I, I hadn't even thought about that art scenario, right? Like where I think art more than writing where you have specifically people biting people's style and then reproducing it because they don't want to pay for their work, right? Like um, that's problematic. Um, Like how do we deal with that um, long-term? I I, I don't know, but would it involve copyright issue too or something? I mean, it's not right. It's too vague. I think. Right. I don't think you can copyright a style of of art. So I think that's really interesting, but as, um, 
there was a point that I was going, oh yeah, going back to the idea that, um, you know, if we're, if we're all, let's say, let's say we move forward, let's say the world starts to shift to this AI model. And, you know, I want to know what your thoughts are on, you know, this concept of creating content for content's sake. I feel like that's where it would end up like going. And then it's almost like this like weird, like, I don't want to use the term pyramid scheme, but it's like, you're just creating content just to keep above the SEO, just so you're found. And it's really not providing a lot of value. And then, you know, it's like, it's like, you're just chugging out content just to be seen, but then there's still that empty shell to your business or to your brand. And I, I and I fear that that's what everybody's going to be doing. Yeah. I mean, it's what we do now. I mean, the, the world's a hellscape. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like, like the whole, the whole universe is weird. This timeline has lost its mind. Like, um, <laughs> and so like, you know, it's not just happening for written content. We could take something like TikTok, right. Which I don't even let my kids use. Cause it's so bad. Like the algorithm, the, the stuff that my, uh, my middle kid gets served, like a lot of men's rights, right wing, like kind of stuff. And so I had to like, shut it down. Um, but that like, algorithm was very wrong. Then <laughs> It was just moving it towards like, well, he like start off on fitness and then it starts moving, right. It radicalizes you. Well, and the second you spend an extra yeah. amount of time on like a yeah. certain, certain 100%. video, and then you like see something that's sponsored content. And if you don't realize it's sponsored to swipe right away, then you're just going to get served all that same sponsored content. But we're, <laughs> we're a, a, we, we are a society that lives on content now. Uh, not just consuming it, but creating it. I mean, you'll see Facebook lives with people just eating Cheerios and talking at the camera and they're not famous, but a thousand people are watching this person eat Cheerios, right? Like there is so much empty content. My bigger concern is, um, I mean, that's one concern. I agree with you. Like content for content's sake is terrible because it's thinning out the value we have in good content. Um, It's probably something Kate, you feel it's home with your writing as well like it's it's really hard in that space um but um yeah i mean beyond that it's the what is real and what's fake content that i think right so now on top of this we have the questions of just disinformation and how how much harder that becomes the spot if there's just like a crazy amount of content being also auto-generated because now you have no human attached to this then also you have the way the AI learns how to write is by crawling the web and ingesting information that's out there. How much of that is real or not real? And so, right. So it'd be learning on fake content. Yeah. No, exactly. So not only is it starting to create fake time, nah, content, I, then it's building everything else based on that. Those. Yeah. And this is, pieces. this is, this is where I think it comes back <laughs> to like rationally from a business perspective, a fortune 500 is not going to be able to rely on, AI just running off by itself doing its right. content creation, right? Y- yeah. You can't, right? Like, how fast do your blog posts become like Nazi driven, like right wing nonsense? Like, um, because that's what the web is becoming. But um, I think, again, a part of the process, a tool to be utilized, because if not, it will just exacerbate the overall situation. Talking and, about- and, and there's platforms that are fighting back. Google has specifically said, AI driven content is against its policy. Right, right. right. They prioritize, you know, and they they ana- yes. they do a pretty good job of analyzing, you know, what is created by a real human being. Right, that's tied is- to an actual author and schema. You can put your right. authorship and everything else. So Google is doing that. So as long as platforms are looking for real people, 
um, or real ties to things, I think they will that will help us also curb some of this AI, like how it can kind of atrophy at like real concepts and content on the web. It kind of reminds me of this movie. Like it was, I I was a nineties kid and uh, this Disney channel movie called smart house. And it was like this, it was like basically kind of what we have now with, you know, Google, you know, the Google's home assistants and Alexa's and all this kind of stuff, but it took it to like this different level where like it cleaned itself and yeah. everything like that. And at the end of the movie, it was like, uh, you know, it, it kind of went to this, uh, extreme work thought it learned the family and it got you know almost basically ended up killing the family in a way and it, this is what it kind of no i mean this is kind of what it reminds <laughs> me of is that you know it's it's people i think are, are thinking that these tools are great and oh my gosh it's going to make my life so much easier but relying on them too much in the end can actually do a disservice to your business because you're right google is doing you know doing that check on you and then okay your website's not going to rank as high because you're using this you know ai generated content but then it also comes down to the human um aspect of it is is it is it art is it good content because yeah, now just, it's, is it good i think that's an interesting question just like the only things i see for ai is like it's cheaper and you can do more with it like rarely with content is more automatically equal to better you know what i mean so all you're right. left with is cheaper and nobody still can come through i haven't seen anybody say like this is really amazing content it's just no this is i can i can almost not tell that it's a computer yeah. <laughs> like that's again the baseline of it so yeah. i'm curious okay so we briefly touched upon this idea that that it's that, that it could be a tool so like for copy press like do you do you see anything currently on the market because a lot of our audience creates a lot of content and we're trying to make it easy for them, easy in a way that's still authentic and, you know, true to the goals behind the brand. Right. But do you see anything currently on the market that could truly serve as a as a tool, like an art of like an AI tool that that is good now? Or if you have any insight on how to leverage some of these systems in the future, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, there's a bunch of them that are similar to Jasper AI, right? So it's Jasper.ai. And then there's a whole bunch of variants that have been built on GPT-3. So they're pretty similar. And I think the value there is in the brief creation. So being able to go in there and give a couple of sentences about your topic, and then it will spin out a bunch of content for you. Um, I think the downside there, I'm not super familiar with it, but the one of the downsides I see is them not producing the sources that the information came from, right? I think that's inherently important as we go down this disinformation route is like, well, what are you basing this content on? Um, there are other tools like, um, we use a cool tool called Content Harmony that is, isn't is AI, it's just pulling data in and allows you to create briefs and it's really more source related. So I think there's a, a strategy long-term where you could take something like a Content Harmony and you could take a Jasper AI for copy press anyway, early on, our editors, before it goes to a writer, could basically build a really good brief with a, a sample kind of article base for them to work off of as an outline. Um, and I think if you are a like a solopreneur or someone who's just trying, or even just like you run your own blog and you're trying to get your ideas into your calendar for the next 30 days, to go into Jasper and just really quickly put in some info and then have like a spit out of an article that serves as a brief, 
a hundred percent could be valuable. At least I know for me, you know, some days I'll sit down to write things and it's like 2000 words out. And some days I'll sit down, it's like 200 words in four hours. So to be able to have that thing to kind of kickstart your writer's block, I think is, is inherently valuable. And that's where I think that's where most people can find their value today from the AI is, um, Hey, this would, it's, it's very similar, Jesse, to what you said with your, your current AI tool for photo editing, right? It's not doing everything for you, but it is helping you assist in some of the heavier lifting spots that you might've had before. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting about the photo example, and maybe this is essentially how it could possibly fall under the writing piece is, you know, there, there is this concern. There are, there are people out there that make a living off of being photo professional photo editors. And I know that there's probably this concern, like, Oh, my, my job's, going to be taken away by these software. And this software is amazing. It's cut down my editing time immensely. I Even when I would have to send it out to an editor, it's like the time packaging the files and sending it over and then still having to fine tune. I actually would be interested if there is a way for the, the software I use that editors can actually like use to edit their clients' photos and still like take that because there is still some effort. You still have to call the images, you still have to upload them, but then it does its thing pretty quickly. But I still feel like there is that like there's an opportunity for these editors to capitalize on this yeah. software and not have their they with the concern that their job's going to be taken away, adapt to it, actually add that to your own process. Yeah. I mean, I think if if you didn't have to go through all the mundane parts, right? Like as a writer doing the research, like trying to outline my pieces. If I didn't have to do all of that, I honestly think my actual content, if I had time to just focus on the main thoughts and, and, and getting through what I wanted might become even better. Right. And so that, that's where I do think it is like, I mean, probably a, a great, ex, a better example is like um, when illustrator came around, right. Or Photoshop. Right. Before, what were people doing before that? It was it was way more manual. Right. So these are just new tools being added on or spell check and grammar check. Those are kind of machine learning and AI. Right. They right. didn't inherently all of a sudden replace editors. Right. Like those people still need to be involved. And so I think it's just the, the next iteration of it. Um, and, you know, like I think what right now it's like really uh it's a catchy thing. It's the one thing that people want to talk about, right? But it's it will it will just inherently become another hammer in the toolbox that we utilize. I think you've brought up a lot of points that I didn't even when when we were discussing this as a topic, we kind of took our conversation in an entirely different direction because you brought up so many great points. Um, as I said, including that human aspect going going forward, and um, but you know, pointing out that there are some positives is obviously great. And yeah, going. So where do you see this going forward? How do you see this going forward in terms of, as you said, you said, it's going to be like another tool in the toolbox. Do you see this kind of um, in its best form, I should say, kind of con living next to the person who does it like me? as you said, using one of these services to kind of cut down on time, do you see that as like the, the future or do you think that we will go back to kind of more of a more traditional way? You yeah, I think it will, it will go two routes. One will be um, it, the, the providers that will be heard are the penny award providers that are, still exist, right? Amazingly, the low cost content still exists. And so I think 
if I'm someone who's buying that stuff, I'm moving to AI <laughs> because this probably the same amount of editing work that needs to take place. And like, um, so I think, I think it will have an, an impact on the lower end of the market. Um, and then I think on the higher end of the market, it will lead to improved quality and efficiency and become a toolkit for the high end providers. Right. I almost feel like it's going to make, <laughs> I'm going to use the word real writers, real writers, more valuable. Exactly. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see this shift where everybody's going to be like, oh, use this AI, use this AI. And then we're going to get so disenfranchised with how fake yeah. it all seems. And then people are going to want to like pull back and get that that authenticity. I mean, that's, what happened. that's what happened in 2010 when we have, like, yeah. you know, we keep having these spikes on the internet where it's <laughs> like, all right, uh, we flood it with spam. Oh, God, spam's terrible. We come back and it's quality. And I was like, oh, this new spam thing. And it's like, you know, <laughs> take it off. And then it's like, oh, it's terrible. So I think it's like it's back and forth. Um, but I, I do think problem as a writer, if that's your business, is you have a minimal amount of inventory to utilize, right? Your inventory is your time. And so the more inventory you can free up, the more money you can make and the higher quality can goes. And I think mm. that's the good news. Like for writers that are listening to this, that are like, have been worried about it. I think what I tell writers specifically is focus on becoming a expert in specific areas because then you become, you cannot be thrown out of the process ever, right? The thing AI will never be able to land grab on is people who come up with new ideas and topics and are experts in their space and inherently the internet is going in that direction where experts um i mean god knows what we call an expert sometimes but experts are have inherent value across all platforms and so you know i would tell writers like yes learn how to use ai stuff in your mix to maximize your inventory also don't just be a um i would say jack of all trades copywriter right become very an expert in certain places, right? Mm -hmm. To where that's your, so now your value is I'm an expert here and I can do more because of the AI. That's the, I think that's the sweet spot. Oh, that's an interesting point to niche, kind of niche down to the, to be a specific, yeah. to a specific clientele. Yeah. And I, it doesn't need to just necessarily be um, an industry niche. It could be, you know, like in the sixties you had, writers that were just really good sales copywriters, right? Mm -hmm. Who wrote long form magazine, like one pages and stuff. I would say that's a niche too. So maybe you're just really good at writing emails, sequences for whatever. Okay. Those can be niches, right? Because an AI can write an email sequence, but they don't understand emotion and emotion is the key component of sales, right? So mm -hmm. again, we kind of revolve back to that too, is like what types of writing are is AI best positioned for is probably like def definitive, like content that doesn't have a lot of thought process in it definitely isn't experience based. So you would figure like most travel writing, it could write what the place is, but they can't experience the no. beach. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, again, th those are the niches is kind of like you can look at it in industry niche or you can look at a type of content niche as well. That's a good point. Well, Dave, you kind of scared me at the beginning there with all the stuff you were talking about. But I think I think you're teaching us that humanity is going to win out in this uh, battle between the 
the uh, the the machine and the man. Yeah, we're the robots. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how involved Elon Musk gets in into it and like <laughs> whether he ends up blowing us up in the process. So seriously, and that's, well, that's a whole other conversation yeah. for a whole other day, right there. <laughs> well, going back to that concept of time, it seems like I'm on your website now. You have over 2,700 writers on your team. Yeah, so we're kind of a hybrid model. We have 40 full-time writers that are like U.S. employees. And then we've got a bunch of contractors. Um, and that number, like we only use a small percentage. We're very big on vetting and then training post-vetting. So that way we can keep the same writers kind of on all the time. Um, but yeah, we have a pretty big contractor base. And where else can people, so copypress.com is your website. Anywhere else people can find out more about you? Do you guys, are you guys on social or anything? Yeah, I mean, Copy Press is on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Dave Snyder. Um, that's probably the only social media I use at this point because uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not it's just too much not noise worth, everywhere else. Worth my time. And tw- yeah, I mean, Twitter is like on the cutting list pretty soon, too. Um, <laughs> the chopping block. It's just, I mean, anything with an algorithm produced uh, like feed at this point in time, I find to be insufferable. Like, I, <clears throat> They, they serve you things just to upset you. And so it's kind of like, I don't really feel like just logging on the computer to be pissed off every day. You know, I can, I can appreciate that. I know me too. Now, um, if, um, now what kind of services uh, you give us a high level overview, but, but if people wanted to work with you, what, what ways that can they, can they look at hiring copy? Press? Um, so we mostly work with agencies or enterprise clients. We're kind of um, on the higher end side from a cost standpoint, um, what what our real niche is is for companies that know they need scaled ongoing content but don't have any internal resources, right? Like they don't have a content manager, they don't have writers, they don't have anybody. So you can always go on the website and fill out the form, or you can reach out to me on Twitter or email me at dsnyder at copypress.com. Um, there's also on the website right now, you can get a free content analysis. Um, we built a tool that is currently in production where you can go in and put your domain and a couple of competitors and we'll spit out some content gap analysis that's in there. Hmm. Um, so if you're on the homepage, that's on there. And that's going to be a tool that we're going to be adding more features to and it will remain free. So we'll, you run the audit, we will then like continue to send you notes on when the new features come out. We're currently producing an ebook on like how to utilize that audit. Cool. right because it's like a lot of data like what do you do with yeah. it once you get the data kind of thing because um we need to connect those dots but i, th- I think that's a good place for your listeners to go to for sure and are you ever hiring new writers yeah we're always hiring new writers i think uh right now um we're hiring in probably the legal space if you have any background there trap we have a, a pretty good travel client i think might be coming on uh in the HR space. But, you know, if you're a writer who's interested, um, go to copypress.com. Um, there should be a link to uh, to apply if you're a writer as well. We're also, we also hire uh, illustrators and designers too. Oh, great. Um, we do infographic work and whatnot. So cool. Well, thank you so much, Dave. This, again, this was kind of a topic we hadn't even considered. And we're so glad that you came on because I feel like it's really helpful to our audience. And, uh, Everybody go check out copypress.com. Find out more about Dave Snyder and his uh, his great work he's doing. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. So, you know me, I really love 
technology and trying to make my life easier by, you know, finding whether it's a new app or a new thing and, you know, but um, our conversation with Dave just reminded me that it's some, like, in some situations, it's better left to the real professionals, right? I mean, yeah. when we're talking about writing and content creation, the biggest piece that will be missing if you're using AI, at least currently, is mm-hmm. that that personal touch. It doesn't have the emotion. Um, it's not able to capture that. And it can be really difficult to also capture tone and, uh, you know, those sort of nuances that are created by real writers. Now, that being said, I love AI for my editing, which I've talked about before, and I use Imagine AI, and it's fantastic. But that is like a very sort of black and white, even though it's not like technically black and white, black and white situation where there's no emotion into editing. It's like, here are 5,000 photos of mine develop a profile Mm -hmm. and then learn my editing moving forward it's very clear there's not any thinking outside the box yeah for that i i agree with you there is there are there's the lines that that are drawn for me (laughs) as someone who is on the higher end of um the price scale when it comes to writing. I am not the penny per word or the $30 for a blog post kind of writer. I am, you know, not the most expensive writer out there. I know that there are some people who charge a lot, um, but I'm not, I'm not cheap. And nor should you be, nor should I be. I'm worth it. No. Um, You know, I'll have some people that will ask me, well, why, 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 and I'm amazed when they actually ask this question. Um, why are you so much more expensive than like an agency that I can go to and get a blog post for $30 or, you know, a place that I can get it for a penny per penny per word? And I'm like, because I actually take the time to learn your style of of speaking, of writing, of um, your word choice. You know, I, I try to match that. and. I actually take the time to make sure that the details that you want are in there. Uh, Plus, you know, for the people who want me to actually go and put it into their website, I also provide that service too, which adds, you know, time for me. So it adds a cost, an an upcharge on my services. Um, So I was thrilled to hear him kind of predict that the penny per word uh, writers or the $30 an article writers um, are going to kind of be hit by this because it's it, they just like I feel so bad for, like how are you making a living doing this how are you making a living writing like this like I almost want to like give them a big hug and be like you are worth so much more mm-hmm. um, well, I mean it's the same with a lot of other creative industries photographers, yeah. photographers. oh yeah just how many charging. times Jesse, do you see that see a photographer charging way low yeah way much way less than what they're worth way less than what they're worth. Um, so yeah, there, I mean, I think that, yes, there's something like that in every industry where you're just, you're finding that. So, um, you know, as I said, for as somebody who's on like more of an upscale experience, it was nice to hear that. That being said, I know how long it can take me sometimes to write an article um, for someone, especially if it's 
you know, a new relationship and I'm still trying to learn their tone of voice and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, using AI to kind of help me out, I can see that maybe being a part of my future services and we'll see how that works out. I'm not, not going to try it today or anything. Um, but it might be interesting as a time-saving element. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing though is, crumb i forgot my my other point well i definitely think that ai is going to be a tool and and it it can definitely be a tool like i said i use it as a tool um and even even then i still have to go in and and tweak it so it doesn't get at 100 percent every single time Um, similarly to writers that was my point it can give you the base points and you can take it from there it's not going to be able to add the emotion into it but maybe it can give you like dave mentioned a content calendar an outline, maybe some sources. Some of them may have. It's you know, never going to present. Pre- mm-hmm. It's never going to present you with that end result. It's going to be that first draft that you don't even send to the client, or you know that first edit that you take, and you're like, okay, I'm going to refine this a little bit. I think that's the that is the point. That yes, that's what I was. It's like you read my mind, and I couldn't even remember what I was thinking. Uh yes. So. Uh, we'll be we'll be watching this um, as it develops. I feel like I'm back on a new show. We'll be watching this, <laughs> we'll we'll be bringing you developing. This is a this is a developing story. story. We'll bring you updates we'll, when we we'll have bring them. you updates. Yes, <laughs> Jesse, that was a perfect news anchor voice right there. All right. Well, I think we've wrapped things up. Thanks so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. You can also follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, where we create our own content, by the way. Uh, and you can email us, Cocktails and Content Creation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fashionly Kate and Cover Travel, Fashion and uh, Motherhood Inspiration, or whatever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. And until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.